Y'all, this is one of my favorite times of the year because um, here lately, I have begun making sure that I preach from this verse of scripture at least once per year. You know, no word in the whole English language is more misused than the word love. We love fast cars. We love college football. We love pepperoni pizza. And praise God, we love banana pudding. Somebody say amen. But as much as I love a bowl of banana pudding, there ain't a single one of them that I would die for. much as I love watching college football, I'd give up every one of them before I'd die. Yet dying for the recipient is the quality and character of God's love. God's love is totally selfless and absolutely sacrificial. And the Bible says that God is three things. God is light. God is spirit, and God is love. 1 John 4, 8 doesn't say that God is loving. It says clearly that God is love. You see, you and I might say, hey, I know a loving person. And we know what we're talking about. But God is not only loving in his nature, he is the very personification of love. He is love. He is the very essence of love. Everything God does reveals love. And God can't do anything without love. And the Bible says plenty about the love of God. In 1 John 4, 16, the Bible says... And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So we know that God is knowable. God's love is believable. But in Romans 5.8, we also know that God loves us in spite of ourselves. That God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. We also know according to John, 1 John 4.19 that God loves us before we were able to even love him. We love him because he first loved us. In Ephesians chapter 2, we find that God's love is revealed in mercy. Mercy being you not getting what you deserve. In Ephesians 2.4, the Bible says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. And then all the way back in the Old Testament to Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 31.3, we find that God's love is everlasting and never ending. Jeremiah said, the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness... I have drawn you. You see, friend, everything good and decent about the human race comes from God. Everything that we know how to do that's good and decent, we learn from God. And love is no exception. The 
clearest sign of a God-like love is when you love someone in spite of how they've wronged you. That's hard, isn't it? Another sign of godly love is sacrifice. Loving even when it hurts. That's even harder, isn't it? I remember reading a story that really helped me to understand this. It was a story about a little boy who was willing to give his baby sister a life-giving blood transfusion. As the nurse inserted the needle in the boy's arm and he began to see the blood leaving his body, he looked up to the doctor and he said, when do I die? You see, neither the doctor nor the family realized what that boy was thinking. That when he gave his blood, he was actually giving his life for his little sister. But that is exactly what that little boy was prepared to do. Friend, that type of sacrificial love is hard to imagine, but in my view, that's about as close as we're going to get to the sacrificial love of God. 1 John 3.16 says it this way, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. Friend, that word love, it's existed forever. But it never existed to that extent until Jesus. Until Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary's cross for the sins of people who had done God wrong. The world had never known that kind of love. There was not even a word that could describe this kind of selfless, sacrificial love. But then the Greek word agape was created to serve that very purpose. The agape love of God is a seek nothing in return. It's seeking the benefit of the recipient only kind of love of God. And when you properly consider that beyond description kind of love, all you can really do is just turn to John 3.16 and hear the words of Jesus himself for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, virtually every way to share the gospel that I've ever seen includes that verse. Every way to share the gospel good news of Jesus includes John 3.16. Why? Because that's the whole gospel in a nutshell. It is the whole gospel in one verse. I saw a t-shirt that had this on it. It said, for God, G, so loved the world that he gave his only, O, begotten son, S, that whosoever believes in him should not perish P, but have everlasting E, life, L, G, O, S, P, E, L. That is the gospel in John 3, 16. And friends, today, from the gospel words of Jesus Christ himself, I want to share seven aspects of God's love for you. I want you to make today personal. I want you to understand God's love for you 
today. Beginning with this. God's love for you is superior. There is one quality of God's love that is revealed in this little word, so. You could rephrase that to say that God loved the world so much. You could make it personal by saying, God loves me so much. And you know exactly what I'm saying. See, until Jesus, the world had never known a word, a love so deep. Until Jesus, the world had never known a, a, a word that was so sacrificial when it came to love. The world never knew of a love that would step forward and die for guilty people until Jesus. I saw a picture of a statue in St. Paul's Cathedral in London, Brother Howe. Brother Howe's going to be going to London here not too long. But anyway, the statue of Jesus is Jesus on the cross. And this is not a statue of Jesus looking up to his Father in heaven. It's not a statue of Jesus on the cross with his head bowed down. No, this is a statue of Jesus on the cross literally writhing in pain. And below that statue are the words, God so loved. sacrificial suffering of Jesus. And as awful as that is to behold, it reminds you and I of the salvation offered to us that doesn't cost us anything. But we're reminded how much it costs Jesus. Friend, God's love for you is superior to anything else you can imagine. Even God himself. God's love for you can also be rather shocking. The object of God's love is the world. For God so loved the world. Now, only an agape kind of love could have led a Jewish apostle named John to write this to include Gentile, non-Jewish people. You see, Jews look down. On Gentile people. They look down on those who are non-Jews. But Jesus said clearly. That God loves everyone in the world. Including non-Jews. Have you ever asked yourself. How in the world. Could one person. Die for the sins of everybody. How could one person die. For the whole world. Well in my view. There's only one way. And that is that that person was God. Which of course we know. Jesus is God. As inclusive as the world is. God's world sized love is also very personal. Very personal to you. Consider God's love as Jesus turned and expressed his love to that condemned criminal. On the cross next to him. God. In Christ loves the whole world, but he also loves every individual in the whole world. I read that St. Augustine once wrote that God loves each one of us 
as if we were the only one to love. God loves you as if you were the only one to love. God's kind of love for you is certainly superior to anything else, but it's also kind of shocking. But God's love for you is also sacrificial. You see, the high price of God's love is His only begotten Son. Now listen up. If you have a child... If you have a child, stop and consider this. Is there any person on the face of this planet that you love enough that you would sacrifice your child for? Many have lost children in various wars throughout our nation's history. But I assure you, not one of those parents volunteered their child to die. I mean, it's almost inconceivable to think of giving up your child to save another guilty person. But that is exactly what God did. And the Bible tells us about that. In 1 John chapter 4, John says, in this is the love of God. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation, to be the payment that satisfies for all our sins. Friends, you may have seen that Facebook meme. It's a picture of, a close-up picture actually, uh, of Jesus with his arms outstretched on the cross. And underneath it says, I asked Jesus how much he loved me. And he said, I love you this much. And he stretched out his hands. And died. It just wasn't him being nailed to the cross. It was him dying on the cross for the sins of guilty people like you and I. God's love for you is superior to any other love. It is shocking in how inclusive it is. God's love is also the most sacrificial demonstration of the selfless love of God. But can I tell you another aspect of God's love is that God's love for you is serious. It's a serious business. The offer of God's love was made to whosoever. Whosoever, God didn't offer his love only to his chosen nation, Israel. No, God offered it to whosoever, to everybody in the whole world. So, let me ask you this question. Did Jesus Christ die for every person in the world? Or did Jesus Christ die for only those who would believe in him? 
chew on that for a second. Because in 1 John 2, 2, the Bible says that Christ is the propitiation. He is the payment that satisfies for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So what does that mean? That means that there was enough love, enough grace, and enough mercy poured out on the cross to cover the sins of everyone who ever lived and everyone who will ever live on this planet. Listen to me, friends. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what condition you are. God loves you. And Jesus died for you. This whosoever. It doesn't refer to a geography. Whosoever does not refer to a nationality. Whosoever refers to who you are in terms of your sin. If you think. You have sinned so much that God's love could never be extended to you. If you're listening, say amen. If you believe that, you are wrong. I want to tell you, if God would extend his love to Bill Barlow, he will extend his love to you. God's love for us is superior to all others. It is shockingly inclusive. The most sacrificial demonstration ever known. And God is serious in offering it to you. But I do have to tell you that God's love is also selective. It's selective. That word believes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, say it with me, believes. Believes doesn't limit to whom God's love is offered. But it does define by whom it is received. Are you hearing me, church? Believes does not limit to whom God's love is offered. But it does define by whom it is received. In Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for, say for, for everyone who believes. For everyone who believes. I once read that the grace of God is sufficient for all. But it's efficient only for those who believe in Jesus. In other words, the grace of God is enough for everybody. But it's effective only for those who have placed their faith in the only begotten Son of God. Whenever I share the gospel, sharing with people who are not saved, I always tell them they are offered the free gift of salvation. But they must receive the gift to benefit from it. We must receive the gift of salvation. In order to benefit from it. Paul went on to say in verse 17 of Romans chapter 1. For in the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith. For it is written. That the just shall live. By faith. By believing. So those who reject God's gift. Guess what? They're still loved by God. 
God's love never changed for them just because they rejected His love. He still loves them. And as long as they are still breathing, they still have the chance to receive the gift of God. Whosoever includes the whole world. But listen, whosoever believes are the ones who make the choice to select and benefit from God's gift. Here's another aspect for you. God's love for you is also very special. A special promise has been offered to whosoever believes and receives that the gift of God is theirs. And that is this. Here comes the gift. You ready? That they would not perish. Well, to be able to accept that promise, we've got to know what perish means. What does perish mean? Well, some people think that when you die, you're reincarnated into an animal or to a plant. Heck, I know some people that would turn into a donkey or poison ivy. Some others think that when you die, you become part of some universal life force. Listen to me. When you perish, that's it. You are eternally separated from God. There will be no middle ground between everlasting life and perishing. It's either one or the other. So if you understand the idea of life being everlasting, whatever it is you understand about everlasting life, perishing is the opposite. It's where all hope ends. It's where eternal destruction begins. And you don't want a part of that. God's love for you offers you a very, very special promise. That if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will not perish. But have everlasting life. The final aspect is this. God's love for you. God's love for me. It's very satisfying. The ultimate fulfillment of the love of God is all wrapped up in that phrase. And have everlasting, eternal life. But in your opinion, what is eternal life? A lot of people struggle to answer that question. What is eternal life? Listen to me. Eternal life is not what happens when you die. Eternal life is a reality that begins the moment that you believe in Jesus Christ. That's when your eternal life begins. See, eternal life is not about the duration of life. It's about the quality of life. And the moment you receive the gift of God through faith in Jesus Christ is the moment you shift gears into your eternal life. And it's very satisfying. Jesus said in John 17, 3, this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. That means that eternal life is knowing God for who he is, knowing that he sent Jesus, and he wants you to have a real, personal, eternal, life-changing relationship with him. God's love for you is superior to any other. 
shockingly inclusive to the whole world. It is the most sacrificial love ever known. God is very serious about offering it this morning to you. Whosoever includes the whole world, but whosoever believes are the ones who make a choice to select and benefit from the gift of God. God's love for you offers you a promise, friend, that you will not perish if you believe in Jesus Christ. Rather, you will have everlasting life. So, friend, are you looking to shift gears? into eternal life today? Can I tell you, you can? Are you looking for eternal life somewhere other than in Jesus? If you are, you are spinning your wheels and you will never find it. Why not? Come today believing and receiving the gift of God. What is that gift? Everlasting life with God in heaven. I can't think of anybody that would not want to receive that gift. So if you'd like to, I pray you'll come during our decision time today. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this gospel in a nutshell. This gospel wrapped up in one verse it gives us so many aspects of your love for us. Thank you so much for wanting to save us from our sins. Father, I pray if there's one person here in person or listening in that has said, I'm ready. I'm ready to shift gears. I've lived my life long enough for me. The rest of my life I want to give to my Lord. Lord, let this be their day. That they would come and receive the gift of God by believing in the only begotten Son of God, Jesus, so that we would not perish but have everlasting life. Father, you bless this decision time because it's all about you. It's all about glorifying you and testifying to the precious gift of God that we find in Jesus Christ. Father, you speak to your people today. If there's a decision to be made, Father, help them to have the faith, the trust, to come forward and receive it and to benefit from it. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's stand.